Welcome to the Different Church online service. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on a podcast, we're so thankful that you decided to join us today. Now, I have a couple of quick things that can get you more plugged in before we jump into the message. First, if you're more interested in learning about our church or on how to give, you can go online to dfrnt.church for more information. And whatever social media platform you're using, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, follow us. It is the best way and easiest way to get connected. Now, this month, we're in our series called Do Not Disturb, where we're talking about prayer, how to pray, what to pray, anything about prayer. So enough from me. Let's jump into the message. Different Church, good morning. How's everybody in house real quick? Okay, okay, okay. Everybody online, whether you watch on YouTube, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, however you got here, man, I just want to say thank you for being a par for hanging out. Maybe it's a Wednesday afternoon and you're just driving home from work, man. I pray that God blesses you. I pray that God does something big in your life. Now, we finished a series this week called Do Not Disturb, where we've been talking about prayer, all right? But next week, we start a new series, and I don't know how long, listen, I don't know how long this series is going to be. I have no idea. Is called bars, okay? Amen. Do you know how many times Jesus could have dropped the mic in scripture? You know how many times the apostle Paul was dropping bars all day long? There are so many things. But here's the dangerous part Jesus lived the Bible, we quote the Bible. And it's easy to drop bars, it's not easy to live bars. It's not easy to live the Bible, it's easy to quote the Bible. I know, I've, dude, I've, listen, listen. I've been putting scriptures in my story for 10 years. I haven't. You think I've done every single one of those scriptures? No. It's easy to drop bars. It's not easy to live bars. And so that's what we start next week. And, man, I am so, so, so excited to start it. Now, we're in a series. We close it out. It's about prayer. And I think that the, the we've kind of been talking about it. I know a lot of people look at prayer as the road to success. If I pray, I'll get what the success is God has for me. But in reality, prayer is the success. Right, You don't pray to gain something, you pray to get to know someone. The only time I talk to my wife is not to accomplish chores. I talk to my wife to get to know my wife better. I talk to my wife to grow in relationship. I talk to my wife to ease my stress, to ease my anxiety, to ease my pain. If the only time I talk to my wife is so that she knows that I did this and I know that she did this, what would that be? She's my manager at that point. We do not pray to get somewhere, we pray to get to know someone. And prayer is not, and, and, and this is, and we'll get there in a second, man. I've been excited. This one, this one, this one, this one, man. First Thessalonians 5, verse 18, man. I like this one. Now, listen, the, the danger in prayer, the danger in any type you have, anytime you have a relationship with somebody is your ability to use them and not know that you're using them. Because you're doing it to accomplish something good in your eyes, right? It's e- like, right? Like, I don't ever pray something horrible. I don't pray to sin. I pray to do something great. But in reality, prayer is not the thing that gets me somewhere. Prayer is it. That's it. Prayer is it. If you don't do anything else in your day, if you pray and read the Bible, you've won that day. Does that make sense? We will do that to get the something that we really desire. No, 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 no. If you do those two things, you've won for the day and nothing else, you've, you've accomplished that day. But why is that so hard? Why is just opening the Bible so hard? Why is just praying so hard? Why is it? When it's really easy to go, hey, God, give me this job, and then you go and hop online and you look for new jobs and get more money and all that stuff. Why is it so much harder to not just spend time in the presence of God, to just sit there in the quiet and go, Jesus, speak to me. 
Jesus, I want to know you. When that is the goal, that is the success, that is what God puts you on this earth to do. Because what will we do in heaven? Watch this. What will we do in heaven? We will spend time in his, we will spend eternity in his presence. So why are we on earth? To spend every day where? In his presence. That's it. That's the goal. This is what we're here to accomplish. But the dangerous thing is when you run to everyone but God about everything. We talk to Google more than we talk to God. I take my stress and anxiety to Google before I, sit, uh, before I talk to God. And then I wonder why my anxiety is a lot. You ever looked up a disease or something? You have a cough, you look it up, and you end up with the worst disease that's ever been created? Because it puts the focus, when you look, when you talk to man about something, when you talk to a machine about something, it puts the focus on the hurt. It puts the focus on the pain. When you pray, it takes the focus off the pain and onto Jesus. And when you realize how big Jesus is, you realize how small everything else is. But it's very easy to go, and hey, before, listen, before I get canceled, look stuff up. Before I already know someone's going to splice that part, take it and just be like, hey, this is, no, 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 look stuff up. If you're struck, there are so many Bible verses that you can look up. But if that's your first move and prayer is not your first move, that is where your dependency lies. That is it. When my daughters are sick, the first thing we do is we lay hands on my daughters. The next thing that we do is, is there something God created a man to do to create a healing for somebody? I don't run to man first. I run to God first because he is my provider. He is my strength. He is my strong tower. But we run to everyone else but God trying to find a solution. And the, one of the, and I, was just looking, I was just looking this up because I think that we pray this a lot. The, one of the most Googled things that's, that, that's Googled every single year is why am I on this earth? Or what's the meaning of life? Billions of people have Googled what is the meaning of life? Why do I exist on this floating rock in space that if it's an inch closer to the sun, we burn up? If it's an inch further away from the sun, we freeze to death? Why am I here? They just Googled. And, well, church doesn't say, you know, what's the meaning of life? You know what the church says? What's God's will for my life? Right? You've heard, if you've been in church, you've heard, what's my calling? What's, my, what's the will for my life? What does God have for my life? And that'll get Googled. What is God's will for my life? And, and it's crazy. I went to this passage. The Bible actually tells you exactly what God's will for your life is. There, it's not a everyone, like we all as Christians, it gives you what is, my, what is the will for my life. So if you have a Bible, if you're online, it'll be on the screen. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can play karaoke with us. This tells you. If you're, if you're one of those people, you're just like me. What do I want to be when I grow up? And I'm grown up. But what do I want to be when I grow up, grow up, right? Like right now, I'm still just a little grown up. What happens when I'm grown up? Tell me my calling. This is it. I found it. I found it for Tyler. I found it for you. Verse 16. We got it, boys? All right, here we go. Look at this. Verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Always be joyful. Verse 17. Never stop praying. Look at this. Verse 18, and we're done. Be thankful in all circumstances, comma, watch this. This is it. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is it. That's it. If you were wondering, if you want to know what you need to do when you grow up, I found it right here. Verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all, cir- be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is your calling. 
This is your calling. We'll, we'll look for everything else as our calling, and we won't do this one right here. But let's go back to verse 16, because I think that there are three things that I'm called to do on this planet. Three things. And the first one's really hard. What is it? Always be, what's that word online? Joyful. Always be joyful. I'm everything else but joyful right now. Isn't it? Why is being happy, because joy meaning happy, why is that the hardest thing to be sometimes? Why isn't being sad? Why isn't it being just, just Eeyore? Why isn't that my calling on the planet, right? Like, because that comes easy to me. Why? Well, I think because, well, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something my flesh just naturally does. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Always be joyful. But you know what, and, and, I, and I was just thinking, like, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? And I think that a lot of us think things make us happy, but they really don't, do they? They don't. Money can't bring you joy because I know millionaires that struggle with depression. Fame can't bring you joy because celebrities get divorced every day. Vacations can't bring you joy because I know depressed people in Hawaii. Joy is not somewhere you go. It's somebody you get to know. And whenever you spend time with Jesus, it doesn't matter if I have no money in my bank account. I know Jesus died for me and there's a home called heaven waiting for me. So anything that happens here can't give me joy or take joy away from me. But we really think, man, get me that jet ski and I'm going to smile all day long until that thing runs out of gas and you got to pay for gas. You, right? Like you never even think, get, man, right when I get married, everything's going to be happening until they don't do the laundry. These things can't, earthly joy does not last. Heavenly joy is what lasts. But we make, we make crazy decisions whenever we lack joy. We make crazy decisions when we lack happiness, when we're lonely. And a lot of us, especially, you know, my wife and I, we think the more money we get, the more happy we get. And man, that's not true. The U.S. is in the top five richest countries in the entire world. It is in the top 20 happiest countries in the entire world. There is a happiness, like they took a record of, of they like interviewed like a million people from each country, which country was the happiest or whatever it was. The U.S. is, I think, in the top three richest comp, uh, countries in the entire world. We don't even crack the top 15 in happiest countries in the world. Money cannot bring what you want. It just can't. But the, da- the dangerous part, and we say it all the time. I feel like I say the word dangerous a lot. The dangerous thing about chasing things when you're lonely is you'll end up grabbing people. Eric, you want to go ahead and hook me up? Thank you, dude. You'll end up chasing people that you don't need in that next season, all because you're, fine. you're, you're looking for something the Holy Spirit brings you. You're looking for something that only the Spirit, no person can bring you. Nothing can happen. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look and how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. Because when you chase, listen, when you chase after joy, when you 
chase after joy, but you're looking for it in earthly things, you will find momentary joy. You'll find momentary happiness. You won't find eternal happiness. Really, the only thing that never, that I, whenever I, it's really just in worship. When I'm in worship, when I'm in prayer is the moment, nothing can, I'm, I'm never left wanting more. But when I chase anything else, that's when I find momentary joy, momentary happiness. But you'll chase momentary joy just because, oh, I just got to get through this. You know how they tell you don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry? Why? Because your stomach will make a decision your mind is supposed to make. Your stomach will choose something your mind knows not to because you'll walk in super hungry, start grabbing every single thing. The moment you eat, you regret half the stuff you purchase. You make a decision out of hunger, not out of wisdom, not out of what you need. When Christians make decisions based on loneliness, unhappiness, they're struggling, they're stressed, they're anxious, they'll start buying things, they'll start bringing people in, they'll start making decisions that don't fit in tomorrow because they were hungry today you cannot allow your flesh to make decisions the spirit is supposed to be making the spirit chooses things for you in the next season not the flesh of today but you listen how many times you guys already know what let me let me see what's in here how many things do you have in your cabinet that you don't even know when you bought it you bought it. You needed it at one point, didn't you? You really felt like you were about to make a dinner, didn't you? And it has been sitting in your cabinet for months and months. This one doesn't expire, so we're good. It has been sitting there forever because you bought it for a moment. You bought it for a season when you didn't need it. That's when it sits there and sits there. And a lot of us, we make decisions in date. Hear me. When you're lonely, you choose somebody. When you, when you are lonely, you start dating somebody. You'll bring them on. You'll bring them into your life. God breaks you through the season. You get a job because you're stressed. God breaks you through the season. And now you're stuck with this can of beans just sitting in the cabinet, just sitting there. And you're like, man, I really, I don't, I don't have this much space. I don't need to occupy this much space. But I bought it when I was, I thought I was hungry. I thought I was stressed. I thought I was worried. I thought I was broken. But I wasn't. It was just today. It was a today thing that I tried to fill with something. And when God broke me through, I didn't actually need that person. I didn't need that job. I didn't need whatever it was that I felt like I needed in the moment. But you allow your flesh to make decisions that the spirit needs to start making for you. All because you're unhappy. All because you're lonely. All because you lack joy. All because you lack relationships. That's it. Cortez, will you take this? Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. That thing's big. Thank you. But it doesn't just say be joyful. It says all, always. This is a consistent joy. This is a consistent reminder to have joy. This isn't a, hey, when you're at church on Sunday morning, have joy. No, this is a, I'm, my alarm went off at work. I'm, or to go to work, I've got to have joy. Today, I choose to have joy. Today, I choose to make decisions as if I'm joy. And sometimes, you, and listen, and sometimes you've got to, what's the fruit of the Spirit? You can't, you can't manifest joy. The flesh can't manifest joy. The spirit does that. So if you've been lacking joy, you cling to the spirit and go, Holy Spirit, I need you to do something today. And you'd be surprised if you just make that your prayer. Holy Spirit, do something. That, you're done there. But look at what, so the will for my life, number one, what is it? Be joyful. Always be joyful. If I need to know... And, then I, and, and, I, and we say this all the time, like, when I get these covered, then I'll do everything else. Then I'll, then I'll start looking at 
at jobs. And I'll start looking at things like that. Look at this. Next one. Always be joyful. Well, what's this one say? Where are we at? Where are we at? Never stop what? Praying. Never stop praying. This is it. This is it. Never stop praying. But remember, prayer is not, get, is not what gets me to success. Prayer is the success. Prayer is the thing that I cling to. Prayer is the thing that I do every single day, 24-7. This says never stop what? Praying. Praying. But what do we do rather than anything? The last thing we do, we, we, the last thing we do is pray. Never, this is never stop praying. But you, listen, you know how many times I've opened the Bible and I've went, God, show me what you want from me in this next season. I start praying, God, show me your, the will for my life. Show it to me. And then I put it down and I hop on Google. I start doing stuff. And God's like, no, 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 no. That was the will. What you were just doing was the calling. Your calling is not a vocation, but a relation. Because here's what happens. You'll start praying for a job. The moment you get the job, you'll stop praying because you've got your calling. When, and then when you lose the job, you'll, start, you'll doubt God, you'll question God because you lost what you felt like you were called to. No, your calling, your will on the, in this world is not a vocation at all. There is not one job that God has called you to. He has called you to pray, to get into the presence of God. And I, it doesn't matter where I'm working, that's what I'm doing. It does not matter. It does not matter. But we'll get so wrapped up, Lord, show me. Lord, what did DMX say? Lord, give me a sign. We'll, we'll start praying, and then we'll put this down and go, man, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything. You ever just prayed and not got any? You're like, man, I was hoping you'd tell me what my calling was. I thought you'd tell me what company it was. I thought you'd tell me what person it was. He never, that was never the calling. That was never the will. His will was for you to seek after his face 24-7. And then you'd be surprised at what happens when that happens. But you will use this book and you'll use prayer to try to get something from him. No, 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 no. But you know what this says? And I think that this is the big question. This is the big question. I think everyone knows to pray. I don't think everyone knows how long you should pray. Like, it doesn't say it in the Bible, like, hey, 15 minutes every single hour on the hour you pray for 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't say that, right? So how long should Tyler pray? How long do I need to pray? I remember whenever I would, like, for, I, when I first became a Christian, every single morning, because I thought I needed you, I would like set an alarm on my phone and I would try to pray for an hour every single morning. That got exhausting. I started looking. I didn't, I didn't look forward to prayer. I was always like, oh my gosh, I got to pray. This is a job. This isn't a passion. This is a job. And then somebody spoke something into me. He says, hey, it's about consistency, not coverage. You're trying to pray a lot. He just wants you to pray often. My wife doesn't want me to talk to her for an hour every morning and stop talking to her the rest of the day. She, if your wife's like my wife, she wants you to text her every 10 minutes, updating you, updating her with what's going on, what you're doing, where you're going, all of that. Why? She doesn't want my morning. She wants my day. God doesn't want your morning. He wants your day. So if you do five minutes in the morning, cool. You better do five, five minutes in the next hour, letting them know you got to work safe. Let them know that the tank, though it's empty, it didn't die. Tell them that. It's about consistency, not coverage. Don't stress how long you pray. Stress how often you pray. He, want, he doesn't want your morning. Or I know some people that pray at night like, hey, I, I do 15 minutes a night. He doesn't want your night. He wants your day. He wants you. He wants you forever. Never stop. Tyler, how, should, how long should I pray? Never stop. What is another? I think it's in Philippians. Pray without what? Ceasing. 
Pray without ceasing. Never stop. But we'll get so worked up about this. I got to give 30 minutes. I got to give 30 minutes. I bet you three minutes, 10 times a day would have more impact on your life than 30 minutes one time a day. If you will give that, you'll find you won't stress at work as much in that cubicle. You won't stress during traffic as much because you're giving them the three minutes. There, never stop praying. Never stop. Olivia, if you want to, just come up. Come on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it gets to the hardest part. I think this is the hardest part. I think all of us know, hey, I want to be, everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants joy. Everybody wants to smile. Nobody hates smiling. Everybody knows I've got to pray before I eat dinner. Thank you for this food. Amen. Everyone knows how to pray. But this one, this one, verse 18, this one we got on the screen, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. What's this say? Be thankful. Thankful. Why is saying thank you so hard when times and life gets hard? Why is it when life gets hard, my thank you gets removed? And I start just asking him for everything else, and I'm not thanking him for what he's currently doing. I think my grandma used to say this back in the day, like, you have no idea. I know you see the demon you're facing right now. You have no idea the millions he kept you from. You haven't said thank you for the things he protected you from. He kept you from them. Be thankful. But it's hard to say thank you sometimes. But that's because you're looking at it through a human's lens. You're looking at it through today. You're looking at it through how you perceive something. God's like, you have no idea why I've got you right here. But you're learning something right here, whether you like it or not. Say thank you. Say thank you. The Bible says you enter his courts with thanksgiving. That's how you get there. That's how you get into the presence of God is with a thank you, with thankfulness. But the enemy knows if he can take away your thank you, he can take away the access. He can take away your ability to get into the presence of God. Because when you haven't said thank you for something, it wedges something in between you and the person. When you haven't just given him, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now that opens up for more conversation. But the enemy knows if he can take away your thank you, if he can take away your thankfulness. There's this phrase that's going on and it's not biblical and we've been saying it forever. You know it is what it is is not biblical. That is not a biblical way to live your life. Hey, it is what it is. That's not in the scripture. This is in the midst of it is what it is. Be thankful because your thankfulness, your thank you breeds your breakthrough. But the moment you go, it is what it is, the enemy robs your thankfulness and you just walk through a season God called you to run through. But you, hey, what's easier? It is what it is. God created you for a rich and abundant, satisfying life. John 10, 10. God created you for more than it is what it is. But you'll develop that as your theology and just make it through life. And you'll get to heaven and go, God, I don't know what you're talking about, rich and satisfying life. I didn't see it. He said, because you were saying it is what it is. I told you to be thankful in every circumstance. That's where you'll find the rich and satisfying. That's where you'll find the life I really gave you. The life I really wanted you to have. 
but it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to say thank you. But God created you for more. And you, may, you just don't understand what it is right now. You don't understand why you have the house you have right now. You don't understand why you have the job you have right now. But your ability to say thank you. You know how many jobs I didn't love that I was working, but I said thank you while I was working at them because I felt like he was showing me how to run a company later on. You know how many people have stabbed me in the back? You know how many people, you know what that taught me? Discernment. And I've said thank you because all those people that I allowed into my life that he removed, that stabbed me in the back, that talked bad about me, it taught me discernment. You know how many times the overdraft fee was hit my bank account and I went God why is this happening he says because I'm trying to teach you how to manage your money and be a good steward we say thank you before the breakthrough but we we just think okay I say thank you when you give me something no 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 I say thank you before you give me something it's like we never think about what God's really trying to do in this season do we You ever wonder why you're at the job you're at? You ever really ask God, why am I at the job I'm at? What if he's trying to, what if you're working for that manager so you learn how to actually manage people? God, why is this the only amount of money I get paid? What if he's trying to teach you how to manage a little bit so that he can give you more? God, why am I cleaning these toilets so you can value the toilets you're about to have at this new company that God's going to place on your heart to change the world with? You just don't think about these things. And the whole time, God's like, I'm doing something new. Can you not see it? Isaiah says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? It's not God's not moving. It's I'm not seeing him move. You have to be able to say thank you in every circumstance. That is your call on this, in this world. That's it. That's your calling. That's the will. If you're wondering, hey, Tyler, I don't know. When I grow up, I want to do this. No, no, no. When you grow up, you're called to be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. That's the call. Everything else will work itself out. And you'd be surprised when you do those three, those three things, that dead-end job doesn't look so bad. Those people stabbing you in the back don't look so bad. The finances you have don't look so bad when you've accomplished these things. But you'll get it twisted, not do these things, and complain about the other things. He's like, no, no, I never called you to that. I called you to pray, be thankful, and joyful. That's what I called you to do. You haven't done it, and now you're stressed. I never told you to date that person. I never told you to get that job. You just got that because you were hungry. That's it. You allowed your flesh to make a decision. That is why every single morning, hear me, hear me, hear me, and, and I, I, I can't talk about this enough. You have got to pray, not just, oh, Jesus, thank you for this food, amen, thank you for my day. No, Holy Spirit, breathe something in me. He, he does things. The Holy Spirit is not just this mystery. No, 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 the Holy Spirit is somebody that lives inside of you, that produces fruit, that produces things. And one of those is joy. If you haven't smiled in a long time, you probably haven't spent time with the Holy Spirit in a long time. Because that's what he produces. Thankfulness. He produces it. But you can't get to joyful or thankful if you just don't even pray. You just can't. 
And as we end this series, as we end, do not say, sir, when was the last time you really talked to the Holy Spirit? Not, thank you, Jesus, like talk to the Holy Spirit. That's who Jesus left on this earth. And that's who Jesus says, I'm sending you someone better than me. The Holy Spirit is better than Jesus. Like this, this is what the word says. I'm sending you someone that will do more for you. He will give you power, Acts 1.8. He'll give you power. He'll produce fruit in your life. And that's where you have to sit down and say, Jesus, I pray your Holy Spirit enter my life. If you never have, if you never have, and I need what the Holy Spirit has. I need power. I need joy. I need thankfulness. I need gentleness. I need patience. I need self-control. All that's in Galatians. This is just the Bible. Like, this isn't even tight. Like, this is just the Bible. That's in Galatians. It's accessible. But you'll run to everyone and everything but the person that can change your situation. And so that's my prayer. I don't know. Maybe you haven't smiled in a long time. Find joy. You try to find it in everywhere else. The job didn't do it, did it? The relationship didn't do it, did it? The vacation didn't do it, did it? There is one person that does it. That's the Holy Spirit. Cling to him. Tyler's hard to be thankful. You don't know what job it is. You don't know my bank account. You don't know how this is happening. No, no, no. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to. Be thankful in what circumstance? All. All circumstances. God, I thank you. Change how I see what you're doing. Don't change what I'm doing. Change how I see what you're doing so that I can see the true fruit that's about to come from it. Jesus, we love you. You are so good. You are so great. And God, I just, I, I, sometimes I'm lost for words just in how, how often I run after everything. I scroll on, on social media. I go to Google. I run to everyone else. I call a friend. I call somebody rather than reaching out to you and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do? I haven't been happy in a long time. I want my smile back. I see my daughter smiling, and I just want to smile like them. I want to enjoy this life like them. They don't even know money is even a thing. I want to have a childlike faith. I want to smile again. God, I'm sorry when I've went a day and I didn't say thank you. I didn't thank you for the kids I'm stressed out about now. I didn't thank you for the job I'm stressed out about now. I didn't thank you for the finances I'm stressed out about now. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Because you're doing something I can't see. And I believe something's coming. There's breakthrough on the other side of my thank you. And Lord, I'm ready to see you do a new thing. Help me see it. I don't want to just give you 30 minutes a day. I don't want to just give you an hour a day at the very beginning. I get you out of the way so I can accomplish what I want to do. I don't want to do that. I want to give you my whole day. Every 10 minutes, every 20 minutes, I just say, thank you, Jesus. Because you died for me. So I'm going to live for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's your name we pray and everybody said. Amen.